Good morning, marketers, and welcome to the If You Market podcast brought to you by Mountaintop Data. We are the only podcast that markets the shit out of it. I'm Sky Cassidy, and today we'll be talking with Paul Cowan of FreshBooks about why brand doesn't matter. Uh, so Paul, is he's not your run-of-the-mill marketing guy, as you can guess with a topic like why brand doesn't matter, but uh, in his 20 uh, 20- plus year career. He's held leadership positions at large corporations, then left them to launch startups from scratch. He's marketed phones, food, booze, toys, software as a service products, and he's, he's created award-winning viral ad campaigns. Uh, now he's the CMO of FreshBooks, and he's using his unique skill set to help uh, their over 30 million people with their billing, billing and uh, collect billions of, of, of dollars. So Paul, thanks for coming on the show today. Awesome, Sky. It's great to be here. So the topic, why brand doesn't matter, seems yeah. like clickbait. Um, <laughs> is that really what we're talking about here? Are you telling people that brand doesn't matter? It's absolutely clickbait. No, it's, uh, <laughs> uh, of course. The real topic's uh, clickbait. Ha ha, yeah, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, clickbait, how great brands do it. Um, no, I think, I think um, you know, we've, 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 we've been... Um, uh, as as marketers and as as, as brand marketers and and I've been a, a brand marketer and through my career like I've spent gobs of dollars building building brands and from from the ground up or or taking um, well established brands and and just kind of shepherding through the process so um, I think I think the the interesting approach now is 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 really around. Um, less focus on brand and less focus on the structure of creating brand architectures and pyramids and guides and and really focusing on great products and great product market fit. So, you know, I'm I'm in the SaaS space now. I'm at this company FreshBooks. We've been around for 15 years and uh and and we're like super obsessed over our customer. Um we when I came in, we had a kind of brand guidelines and things like that. But we had a company vision and mission. We wrote down brand guidelines and I'm like, oh, do we even really need these things? Like, I don't think so. As long as we all know what we're doing as a company, we don't really need to have all of this structure around brand anymore. Brand is 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 simply the way that customers feel about you at the end of it all. And so if you're doing what you need to do right as a company and, and you're focused on your customer and the different types of customers that you have, your brand can be a whole bunch of different things to different people. And having this rigidity around brand structure and tone of voice and all of these kinds of things is, is kind of like obsolete. And it's a lot of BS. It reminds me of the uh, B2B John Lennon song where he says, brand is what happens when you're busy doing other things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, when it's it's, totally. it's going to happen anyway, right? Yeah. Um, it's it's an output. It's not an input. It's it's something that that we're, we're, we're uh, somewhat a little bit too obsessed over as a marketing group as the input to what we're doing. But it's it's really, you know, the the output of of, of what we want. Uh, customers to to think and feel and believe about us. Like so I look you're at, going to have a brand. It isn't like it's your product, and if you don't make it, it won't exist. You will yeah. have a brand of some type. You yeah. do want to control your brand some, and that's why I think the messaging and like you know have consistent colors and stuff like that um, comes across in that kind of direct <laughs> branding. Sure. But then who you are as a company and stuff like that, people will come to based on yeah. whether you have a any side of sort of help functions, somebody can call and get a live person. Um, I suppose those kind of things, whether you sure. act evil or not, it's kind of 
Well, all, all companies at some point are going to act a little bit evil, like, you know, through their time, they're going to make mistakes, they might do something wrong. Uh, they're going to act really well, too. So, so, you know, companies uh, are, are, are not as rigid as a, as a brand pyramid is. And so, so I think that, that, you know, we have to be a little bit looser around these brand standards. And it's re really kind of dial back into those experiences that you're going to create and the different types of customers, audiences that you have. You think of, of, of companies, you know, like I, I look at companies that when they first started, like Uber. And Uber, Uber was, is a, a great, um, is a, a company that had a, an amazing product market fit. And uh, despite Everything that happened around their brand, doing really bad things to their employees, doing bad things to their customers, behaving very, very poorly, they're still like the top, one of the top 50 apps in the app store. They're still one of the, the, the top 10 in terms of travel, if not the top one. And so like at the end of it all, do, do consumers really even care? So, yeah. Well, you know, if you they, solve a real problem they have, it's like Dave Chappelle. You, yeah. If a guy is actually really good and funny, then it's really hard to get rid of somebody. They will keep coming back. I mean, Mel Gibson's still making movies because as long as you're really good at your job, <laughs> look at athletes, it doesn't matter. Like, okay, you beat up your wife in an elevator, but man, yeah. you, you run a really fast 40 time. You're going to find a team still. You yeah. can make terrible mistakes. And as long as you still have the goods, you can recover from them. Yeah. And it's, I think, I think a lot, there's a, like a long history of, of companies that have behaved very, very poorly and still do extremely well today. United's another good example. You know, they were like, you know, beating up passengers and killing dogs and breaking <laughs> guitars and those kinds of things. And, and they didn't really suffer much from a booking standpoint in, in the aftermath of that. I'm sure in the last People actually years. still need to get on flight. Now, yeah. disclaimer here, neither Paul nor, I mean, I'll speak for myself, but I'll assume neither Paul nor I are, condoning that companies do terrible no. <laughs> things as long as you provide a service people want and need yes i think the message here is um your brand can survive those things as long as you have an actual problem you solve if you don't yes. really do any it makes me think those companies that are all about brand probably don't solve a real problem or they're just a super commodity so that's all they have left yeah, and or they're they're purely a marketing function, and so you know you look at a lot of the companies that have what what people typically look at as great brands, being you know the the Nikes, the Coca Colas, the big CPG companies, and it's like they're they're definitely carved into a niche, but they all all have their problems, and they have to start to behave better from their sourcing practices and everything that they're doing. But the core of what they're doing from a marketing and from a branding standpoint is still relatively the same as terms of what they were doing, what drove their growth, like through Coke that through sells the 80s. sugar water that gives yep. everybody's diabetes like and yet somehow they're a big love company um yeah. and I, if they disappeared find... tomorrow there'd be plenty of other liquids we could drink and survive it's like they are brondo from idiocracy exactly and and it's this kind of like you know brand brand grew out of this one-to-many philosophy and when when mass media started to to push the ways that that we would go out and reach customers and, and brand marketing um even when i talked to you know, people who are entering the, 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 the marketing industry, they're still talking about brand marketing as something separate than marketing. And, and like I always tell my team, I'm like, there's no, there's nothing separate as brand marketing. It's all just marketing and we all has different purposes. Um, when, if I'm going out and, and running ads on YouTube or running ads on Facebook or in OTT or, or in our SEM ads, at the end of it all, I'm judged on how am I actually like, what, what's the CAC that I'm driving in the door? What's my acquisition cost that I'm driving in the door? And are those customers going to be valuable to us? Okay. And so, so now we're, we're getting to the meat 
and bones of it here. Um, it seems brand used to be extremely necessary when the targeting capabilities were extremely limited. Like you'd buy ad space somewhere and that was about as good as you can do. But with all the ability to directly target, whether you're doing account-based marketing or just Google AdWords, Facebook ads, they all have, have this niche marketing. Yep. The more you can directly target an audience, the less you have to vomit brand out and hope it sticks to some people. Yeah. Is and, that and kind of what we're getting at here? Because you said you don't need brand or you said uh, it's a, why brand doesn't matter. Are yeah. you really saying it doesn't matter or that it's just vastly diminished in today's market? Yeah, I think I think what it is, is is the notion of brand as an input um, uh, really doesn't exist. I think we need to want to behave in a certain way as a company and we need to build things that our customers are going to really love. Um, we build software for owners that they really love. I have different types of owners that we're trying to attract every day. If I'm going to be as myopic as like a single brand personality is going to then appeal to everybody around the world, that's just foolish in terms of, of, of thinking that that's how, how people are going to interpret it. And so, so I think that we have like this opportunity to have different voices as companies, to appeal to different people in different ways, to meet their different needs and their different lifestyles and, and be able to address them. This is where like when, when I was doing like hardcore ABM marketing um, and, and, and going after like big enterprise companies, um, this is where I love doing that one-to-one -one level stuff because we could go in and, and, and really appeal to that individual marketer within like a big CPG. And so we would be running campaigns where I was getting like, we, we actually had uh, uh, three CMOs from, from large packaged goods or organizations, L'Oreal, Reckitt Ben Kieser, and, um, and Nestle. And they, after seeing some of our ABM ads, the, we got the CMOs from these companies to reply to our ads and say, can you please stop using our branding there? And it, actually, we spun it into an opportunity to say, we're not actually, we're targeting just you. And they had no idea that you had these targeting capabilities. So we right. used it as a, as, a, as a mechanism then to go and talk to their marketing department. And our, their our, attention. And our enterprise salespeople went and sold. And they were like, oh, my God, you can actually do this. And we were showing them all this <laughs> custom. It was when I was at Shutterstock. And we were so showing they were them like, great, you guys do stuff. this product. But what was that marketing trick you did? That's what's yeah. Sell us, totally, sell totally. that? <laughs> and we're like, and here's how you can use the stuff that we're selling you to do this marketing trick. And so it was right. just funny because the, the thing that we were appealing to there was their like desire to be able to do one-to-one -one level targeting. And they were like baffled by the ability to actually do this. And this is not, not new. And it's right. something that we're all kind of chasing in this personalization era, but to be able to do it is hard. It's really, really hard. And that's why we always just resort back to, ah, let's just do some brand stuff because blasting something out, one message out to as many people as I possibly can uh, who are all going to respond to that same message. That's the easiest thing for me to do. So, you know, I only say, I always say marketers are super lazy. The only people lazier than, than marketers are salespeople, but we do the, the, the least amount of work for the most amount of return. And, and there's nothing wrong with that, but it, at some points you want to start to get a bit more right. focused and be able Where to. Where does lazy people. stop and efficient begin? You know, we say least <laughs> amount of work, most return. I, you could say marketers are efficient, not lazy. Come on. Marketers sure. are listening to this, Paul. That's the audience. I know. I know. Well, efficient, it's not efficient. Not, we'll, I, we'll swap those words in. Don't worry. About I, it. I, I am a, I, I'm, I'm a longtime marketer, so I can, uh, I can, I can, I can be a little bit um, self-deprecating, but. We but actually I think... trash marketers all the time. On the show. I say not only are marketers lazy, but they ruin everything they touch. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, everything every and abuse it until it doesn't work anymore. 
Um, but so I want to get this ABM thing. Yeah. I know ABM is the topic, but it seems like ABM is almost a side effect of the targeting capabilities. And it yeah. was really important. You were saying that with brand going into a big company. I remember one of the things I recognized early on with ABM was, oh, basically this allows you to build brand with individual targets instead of having yeah. to spend on the whole market. You could do ABM with one company and make them think you're a very big brand with a huge ad spend. Yeah. And thus they're interested in talking to you when really it's only them that are seeing you and only them that are seeing this particular messaging. So you're able to do yeah. branding. It's just one-on-one -on -one messaging and branding or much more targeted messaging and branding because of all the tools we have today. Yeah. And this is where I think we, you really have to dial into the, the to people's motivations. And so the era of branding was there is one motivation that everybody is going to have. And there is one way that they are going to then feel about us after we have communicated to them. Because you only had the ability to put out one totally. commercial. So you had to like you say, who are we going to target? That's it. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Well, I mean, so with the, what people used to do was, okay, we're going to regionalize it because that's the way... That's the way the entertainment uh, industry was built. So, so it was it, it was like a a matter of convenience in which like most of most marketing is actually built. It's built by the the tools that we have at, at our disposal. Right. And so, as new tools came came to be, I think what is what it's really shown us was the ability for anybody to be able to spin up and meet a customer need, regardless of what their brand actually meant. I just purchased a pair of uh, waterproof shoes from a company called Vessi, who's based out of um, out of British Columbia up in Canada. And it, it's like the minute I clicked on one of their ads, and I was actually in the market for waterproof shoes as the fall and winter was kind of coming. And then all of a sudden, like, you know, you, you're all of your feeds around, uh, around everywhere on the internet are now filled with all birds and this and that, and all these different types of shoe companies that now are trying to get, get it, get uh, me to right. look at them. And, and it, it comes down to like, my purchase decision was based, I'm based in Toronto, Canada, and i wanted to buy from a company that was uh, uh, based in Canada. So I, I, I bought from them. And that I have was to the say they need more intelligent um, tracking on that because a year from now, you'll still be getting shoe yeah. <laughs> ads and that they need like buy the product. They need to have it expire after a short time because yeah, you know, on a product like a Snickers bar, like you don't have to show me different candy bars everywhere I go on the internet. I either bought it or at that moment yeah. or I didn't. Um, yeah. There's these products. There's like, this isn't a six month buying cycle. This was an impulse buy, please. I don't want to see, but it's better than seeing something generic everywhere. Sure. I suppose. I mean, I'm, I'm, we all get tracked all around, which then leads to, okay, there's a lot, we've had a lot of episodes about um, data privacy and all sure. the restrictions and all the data privacy laws and the impact they're having on this type of marketing actually. So we're talking about the ability to brand directly or not have to brand to, to yeah. reach people directly, but that can be taken away because that's all sure. data-based. Yeah. Uh, data privacy could remove that. And then Madison Avenue says, yay, now you have to come just buy giant sweeping ad coverage from us. 
So then I guess I'm going down a conspiracy hole where I'm saying is <laughs> Madison Avenue behind all the data privacy because they're saying, Hey, we got to get people back to us and away from this direct target. We need to have them yeah. to have these brand building campaigns for massive spends. Well, um, the, the, the Illuminati must go deep because like, I think, I mean, one it's come all from, it's come from Europe. It's like GDPR was the, the folks who've been forcing the hand and, and, and primarily the, the, the highly restrictive um, uh, privacy rules in, in Germany. And, and I think that it's, it's, it's a uh, Madison Avenue is a lucky beneficiary of this, or potentially will be a lucky beneficiary of this. I think as, as a marketer um, I've always, my my approach in running activities from the the um, the corporate side have always been like I like to build my own teams internally. I have my own media teams. Um, we use agency support um, tactically or or, or strategically, um, but they're not retainer based um, uh, retainer based relationships. And and we we try to build all of our activity close to home uh, because we are going to be the experts of the customer and we're going to be the experts in deployment. So I think that what what marketers need to do is get smarter and and think more about about what is this next evolution as we move into this kind of cookieless world and as privacy increases and and how are other marketers going to to create coalitions of of like-minded marketers so you know i like to go and talk to other folks who are in who are are, are trying to attract the similar type of customers ours and say how do we share data instead of instead of being reliant on google and and facebook to to be the ones who are aggregating all the data together we're running we're we're all running these acquisition funnels and, and, you know, we're tossing away 90% of the 90% of the trials or, or, um, or free accounts and stuff like that, that we create. So, so how, why, why aren't we working together so that we can build data coalitions? Cause we don't need that much data to do a really good job, but it's, you it's just so need I think, targeting. I mean, you have the yeah. wall garden platforms, you can still do it within Google. You can still do it within their, you can't follow people around as much on the internet. Yeah. So what do you really need to follow them around? back to you know beginner marketing find out where they are and market to them there and yeah. that all the platforms still have the target audiences companies like ours provide data that's still a targeted audience there's still a ton of data out there there's just yeah. a slight tweak on the ad retargeting and so i know for some people that's a big deal but for me i say who, who cares yeah like, like you said you probably already the shoes don't need to follow you around the internet that yeah. might not be nearly as valuable as people thought they may have just been sinking a bunch of money into showing people something they already bought yeah it's not. always it's post-purchase they have a 30-day expiry on it and it's like it's oh i've already put it in my cart and bought it so yeah, they, like uh, they, every they time my competitor closes a deal i want to waste money on the person <laughs> they already sold to yeah that, yeah that that is the pitch to me for for that kind of retargeting it's like no yeah. i don't want to throw money away it's like every time my competitor succeeds i'm going to fail even more yeah. <laughs> no, no, thank you. There's tons of other targeting, uh, targeting methods here. Yeah. Okay. So we have a lot more to go over though. I want to take a, a quick break here, get back to talking about um, uh, when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about you about fresh books and then back to this brand doesn't matter question mark uh, thing. Again, it, it seems to be that brand is what you should pay attention to once all your other marketing problems are solved, maybe, but it, it, it shouldn't be the top of <laughs> mind type activity, but uh, I'll let you, I'll let you get the word in on that. Um, when we come back, you're listening to the If You Market podcast. We've got um, Paul Cowan on, he's the CMO of FreshBooks and we'll be right back. 
Are you looking for new leads who are always in need of quality contacts for your marketing campaigns? But list companies and online tools are the worst, right? Well, then you've got to check out Top Data Search by Mountaintop Data. At Mountaintop Data, we're a team of weird people that actually like getting our hands dirty with sales and marketing data, and we specialize in business contact information. We compile and maintain a database of tens of millions of targeted high-quality business decision makers with emails, phone numbers, mailing address, and all the information you need. Go to topdatasearch.com and request a free account with the promo code IYM1000, like if you market the podcast here, and get a free account with unlimited searches, no seat fees, and 1,000 free record download credits. That's topdatasearch.com. All right, we're back. We're back here with uh, Paul Cowan, CMO of FreshBooks, talking about brand and why it doesn't matter. Uh, before we get back into that, Paul, I want to talk about Paul Cowan and how you got here. We had uh, that great introduction to you, which alluded to a lot of things uh, at the beginning of the show, to your career in marketing yeah. and kind of startups, big companies, all these things. Um, but let's dig into that. Can you can you tell us kind of where you started and then lead us through to how you got to where you are now? Yeah, yeah, sure. So, um, you know, if, you, if, if someone looks at my LinkedIn, um, it looks kind of weird. Like it, there's definitely no kind of pattern. Um, I've, I've done a lot of shifting between like large corporate um, jobs and then small startups. And, and so I think like the pattern that I've, I've followed is, is like, I, you know, I've, I've always loved marketing. I knew I would go into that as a, as a career, um, kind of early on and probably when I was like a, in my teens. Um, and, and so I kind of put marketing together with like, I, I love technology. So, you know, I, when I grew up, I, I actually, my dad worked for IBM and, uh, when other kids were off, like, you know, doing some wonderful things. I went to computer camp and learned how to code DOS, which was nice. incredibly, incredibly uh, useful to me now. Um, but so I, I've, I've always kind of stuck in this technology world. So whether if I worked at ad agencies or whether I was in a, at a wireless company, I always tried to combine technology and and uh, and marketing and then tried, tried to just ride some waves. So it was like, you know, at a wireless company during the the this, the post or like the feature phone to smartphone era and, and worked on the launch of, of, of iPhone and stuff on the carrier side and, and went into social media and, and uh, social media SaaS products and stuff when, when Facebook was taking off. And I, I moved over into the toy space um, when I had young kids, cause I thought that would make me the coolest dad ever. And then realized I, I, I don't really like the toy space very much and, uh, and, and moved out of there. Um, I, I started, I went into the, the food tech space. So when a whole bunch of money was going into companies like Maple and Muntry, I, I, I uh, founded a company up in Toronto that was very similar to the, to the Maple model, which was uh, down in New York. And we launched Feast, around. I see, around I actually thing. am on your LinkedIn. So I'm seeing all that, that as we're that, going through it. Yeah. Yeah. That's a feast. So that was, a, that was a fun endeavor, although, and we suffered the same fate as, as all the other companies in this kind of vertical food, food space. Um, uh, unit economics don't work out very well, and food has very, very razor thin margins. Um, Is that one of the? Because I, I see all these products, and it's like, hey, we'll ship these ingredients to you. You're going to pay five times as much, but it's convenient, yeah. and there's going to be ten pounds of styrofoam. Um, so. We, we were doing more like chef chef made meals on demand. Mm -hmm. So you would, you would call and we would be there within 10 minutes to deliver um, a super, super high quality restaurant um, uh, grade meal uh, at your door. I always quickly. felt the model for those companies was 
acquire customers, acquire customers, acquire customers. Emperor has no clothes, get sold. Yeah. And then it'll something will happen to it down the road. Who cares? Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's a hot, like all the box things, box, this box, that, yeah. box, this box, that I'm like, I don't know. The long term, this doesn't seem like it's viable. It's very, it's very challenging. I think, I think with, with this, we, we knew what our, what our, um, our, uh, when we would get to cash flow positive and we were very focused on that. So, so we were unlike other ones that, that had gobs of money into the hundreds of million dollars of funding. We were still, we had, we had a, a, a much smaller amount of funding going into the company. So we, we were much more focused on that, but we could only get to, to about like half to three quarters of the volume that we needed before we got to break even. So we were close, but we just did, didn't see a path to making it work, unfortunately. So see, we, the, the model, you had the wrong model. The model is Emperor wears no clothes, sell it and run. Sell it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. We actually ended up selling it to a food, uh, another food organization, but um, it, it wasn't a massive exit bunny stretch. But it's just like, it's just a, a fit. Food is a very finicky world. And and I what I learned from that was much more about like you just supply chain management and uh, supply chain management is 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 much more critical in the food space than uh, than anything that you do in terms of the actual product that you put out in market because people don't care where their beef comes from. They some right. do, but the most people don't. They just want to know that they want to trust you that you're making the right choices, but they do not care that much about about having having amazing quality food. They care um, more I, about whether the hamburger is 99 cents or not. Yeah, I know exactly. Convenience, convenience and taste are the two main things. Um, the I I, had, I was over at Shutterstock or in SMB and 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 enterprise marketing there for for a few years uh uh, uh for um, running a global team there and and then I kind of then I shifted over to FreshBooks. So, you know, when when FreshBooks came calling, they were looking to to, to start to really kind of accelerate growth. The company had been around for, you know, 15 years and, and uh, had gone through different growth cycles and, and now was going into really pushing into international growth and, um, and, uh, and, and doing some things a little bit differently. So I got really excited about the opportunity and, and, and came on board and, and started doing a couple of things. I did the cliche stuff that all marketers do. I, I reorged and rebranded um, because uh, of course I'd rebrand when, when we talk about how branding's no, not important, but um, it was uh, it was a, it was an interesting experience. I could tell you a little bit more uh, why about that too. Well, maybe the whole branding is not important. Again, that is a brand doesn't matter, but you softening it now as we go along, saying that yeah, that's a little bit clickbait. It's more yeah. brands not as important, but yeah. once you get bigger, your brand is this this umbrella that hangs over the whole company, and it yeah. So there's a little tweaks here and there, but maybe shouldn't be your primary marketing focus. It seems to be the topic here. So no. fresh books. Now that we put that disclaimer, I try to save the topic a little for the listeners. Yeah. <laughs> um, can you tell us a little bit about fresh books? Pretend we have no yeah. idea what fresh books even does. Are we talking sure. about, is this, is this like, uh, are you going back to selling books it's about <laughs> food? I have no idea what books. So we're, we're a accounting platform. So we're, we're software. We're specifically focused um, on owners. Um, so we, we help them uh, manage their books and their business um, so that owners don't have to really be financial managers. Um, key differentiator between us and other folks like QuickBooks, who are the, 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 the Goliaths in the space are, are like their platforms are primarily built for accountants. 
accountants. Um, they make it harder for owners to understand what's going on because um, no owners love to do accounting unless they're an accountant. And even that might be somewhat suspect. So, so we're really, really mission built around how do we help owners um, run their business and run their books um, and so that they can really kind of focus on what they're good at and, uh, and then, and then uh, but still keep close to understanding how the financial health of their business. So it seems like a company like, and this is where we're saying product differentiation versus brand, a company like QuickBooks yeah. is saying, let's sell to 100,000 accountants that each have uh, you know, 10, 20, 100 clients. You're saying yeah. we want to sell to a million individual business owners yeah. um, d- d- directly to that are doing their books themselves. Yeah. And we don't ignore the accountants. Like there's, there's an obvious, um, there's an obvious uh, uh, play that we can have where, you know, when you're, when, when you're looking at, at Intuit and QuickBooks, who is a, is, is a, a major force in this space, a, a very, very good strategy would just be to ride in the wake of their churn. And, um, but, but what we've really kind of dialed into from a company strategy standpoint is to, is to dial in on owners. We know that owners work with accountants. So our software is different. Accountants are used to working with something like, like a a QuickBooks or a Xero. When they come into our platform, they have to have new workflows and stuff. So it's, we kind of ride this other, um, uh, side of the spectrum where what we're doing is trying to help the, the accountants understand the new types of workflows that they have to adapt to. So, so we over kind of rotate there. So our, all the ABM type of activity that we do is against accountants. And, and we have like a very, very turn and burn um, funnel against, uh, against owners. So, so that those are the two kind of main areas that we focus on from a, from a go-to-market standpoint. So I had a thought here related to the branding and how you guys, and I want to get into kind of how you guys are marketing, but it seems like there's some much larger players in your market and they have huge brands and strategically for you guys to try to compete on a brand level, you're, you're trying to go head to head with the larger player on their field Um, to go with the, Hey, brand doesn't matter. We're going to go after the individuals and target the, the audience with the, with the product um, value kind of, and, and those kind of messaging gives you a way to, to win against the larger brand versus saying, yeah. yeah, let's just line up out on the field and shoot at each other. Like, well, they're just a much bigger brand. If you play that game, yeah. um, you can't really win. So it seems like the brand doesn't matter approach is much more useful for companies that don't already have a huge brand. Like you guys yeah. are bigger than a lot of companies that are listening probably, but your competitors are even bigger. Yeah. And, and it's, it's like, I mean, there's, there's some practical things where when people know about you, it, it works in your favor um, and, and you, you get those kind of flywheels going where um, other people start to refer and, and, and drive like network growth versus, versus pure paid growth. So, you know, we, we, we want to make sure people know who we are and, and, and recommend us and, and things to that effect. So I think what, what our focus is more about is understanding the different types of owners. So, you know, right. if, you, if you think of our audience, we're trying to target anybody who will run a business and, and so try to, try to um, de-average that down to, or, or average that down to like one, one core insight and, and try to then, then have that, that be relevant to everybody who's like, whether they're starting a business, running a business, have a business for 20 years, it's, it's next to impossible across every vertical, across right. every, like trying to appeal to a, a dog walker that's making $30,000 a year versus a, a legal consulting professional who's, who's billing $900,000 a year to be able to talk to both of those people 
people through an Instagram or Facebook ad is, 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 is next to impossible. So FreshBooks has to represent something to each of them that's uniquely different, but the same. So right. it's it's, sm we're, they're small and they don't have an employee that does the books for them. Yeah, um, or, or they do. We, we might go up to a company of like, you know, 20, 50 people and they've got like a, a they might have a bookkeeper on staff or someone too. So so when when you're trying to appeal to this this very broad set of owners, it it, it it's very challenging, which is why like, you know, when you connect it into like brands are so rigid in terms of be, trying to represent one thing to a group of people or or maybe something to two to three different constituents of people or segments uh, to, to try to then do it across the entire um, you know, all the, every type of owner across the U S is one thing. And then when you're thinking of like the world, that's a, that's a whole different type of thing. Once we start to layer in cultural nuance and that kind of stuff. It's so this is where it seems like the brand doesn't matter is more relevant in B2B than B2C because B2C is so frequently a commodity and it's all about brand is all you have left, but you guys are in this unique B2B space where you actually have a very large audience. Most B2B yeah. spaces are by the nature of the product niche, but small business owners, small businesses is a massive B2B audience that Huge. a lot of B2B products don't necessarily target. Um, so you're, you're in this space where it's in this weird space, it seems like where yeah. brand would be the type of targeting a company like yours. You're one of the few B2B companies that could have a Super Bowl ad and it oh, would yeah. have impact. You're and, saying, and, well, no, Super Bowl it, ad, not a good idea for us. It, and QuickBooks ha does have Super Bowl ads. And I'm sure their marketing team loves going down to Arizona and enjoying the wonderful the wonderful week of extravaganza experiences that you get with that. But we just happen to be a little bit more pragmatic with our budgets and we, we focus them. And so as we're kind of in this like growth mode, which most organizations are, most aren't, aren't in this kind of world of, of, hey, let's let's spend a whole whack of money just because we have it. Um, we, we just really, really focus on, on what we're doing. So when, when everything grows out from the company, from a, how are we going to solve owner problems and how are we going to solve different owner workflows? And now we need to start to look at the different types of owners that are going to come in and, and start with us or the type of owners that have grown with us or, or, or even large companies coming in. Uh, we, we have to get really, really kind of focused on these different types of experiences that we're creating. So, so the takeaway from like, you know, a quote unquote brand perspective or, or what they feel about us is going to be different for every every customer. They may have a, a consistent thing that links them together. Like, man, they really get me as an owner. Um, but but that's just like that's like the output of everything that we do. So we we really we ground ourselves in in trying to understand owners at a very grassroots level and how they run their businesses and the things that are highly emotional to them, like things like you know, there's the old adage, hey, it's lonely at the top. That is 100% true. We hear day in and day out that owners feel isolated, whether you're at a, you're running a, a 20 person ad agency or, or you're a single uh, a person who's a plumber. Um, they always have this problem of like, they're going to revert back to the thing that they love to do when the, when the going gets tough, which is their craft, and they're going to ignore their finances. I think so, that's how the NFL sells those Super Bowl suites. They say <laughs> it's lonely at the top, but it's not lonely in this suite. Here you go. Enjoy, enjoy these parties. They're fantastic. And you also get a commercial that comes along with this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And sh don't tell, don't tell anybody you're coming down too, because they'll all be jealous. Uh, yeah. But it's, 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 it's great because I think the, the, the hard part about about um, about doing 
doing marketing right is good marketing is hard to do. And, you know, when I go back to saying, hey, you know, we marketers are lazy, I'm like, 100% we are. But to do things the right way and to be able to create personalized experiences, whether it's one-to-one, one-to-many, one-to-few, as it, when people are onboarding onto FreshBooks, that's really, really hard to do. To do that, to change our website for different people coming in, that's really hard to do. So I think that the, 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 the changing times, what marketers need to focus on is focus less on, on the output of brand or trying to construct brand as an input and focus more on the customer and the customer experience, and then the brand will come along. It's like, then, then people are going to say, okay, great. I get, I get what we want. I think there needs to be like that upfront organizational understanding of the things that, that you, you are focused on. And we say, Hey, owners at a grassroots level. So that should inform everything from like our product strategy to our marketing strategies, to our CSR strategies and how, how we're going to be doing corporate social responsibility. Um, But it's going to be rooted in that. So we're not going to go and all of a sudden create a, 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 you know, a sponsorship strategy or philanthropy cause marketing strategy that's going to be off like, you know, giving money to a, a, a cause that has no relation to us whatsoever. But, but we're maybe it makes go- people think you're not bad. And I don't think we really talked about this and we're going to run out. We're not, we definitely don't have time to get into yeah. why and cause marketing and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but talk about going overboard on wasting on brand and, and yeah. convincing people you're not evil is your new purpose. Um, <laughs> so I don't want to dig into that, but it yeah. seems that you're saying they're fresh or let's, let's shift this real quick to what specifically are you guys doing as fresh books with sure. your marketing? That's yeah. not, I mean, you already have a brand. It happens yeah. naturally. I get it. You're a restaurant and you can spend a lot of time and energy developing your brand, or you can cook good food and deliver it quickly. And then that's, the brand people get from you yeah. or you can tell people you cook good food and serve crap and guess what they'll believe the food over <laughs> what you tell yeah. them when you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping kroger where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So what do you guys do there specifically? What do you guys do outside of the brand uh, marketing or instead of the brand marketing? Yeah, sure. So, I mean, everything kind of flows from this like, uh, how are we? How are we hell bent on on understanding the owner and understanding the business owner? That's like at the top of of everything that we do, and is part of every decision that we we need to make as an organization. So that's like the core core of of, of what we are all about. We have like a couple pillars around like uh, around personalization and and just making sure we can create these these really great and segmented experiences for people. So whether it's going through the website, whether it's going through our onboarding flows, these are the areas that we are are, are super dialed into uh, in terms of of creating better experiences for our customers. This is where we're investing all of our all of our dollars. Does that come um, down to just things like when they go to sign up online, maybe different? 
industries or whatever it is, they go through a different sign-up flow. There's slightly different questions, wording, whatever it is. Is it talking about those kind of uh, yeah, kind uh, of customization? Absolutely, and and doing as much as we can through through latent signals or, or signals like whether we're you know buying different bits of kit that help us understand people who we don't know and we need to start to to you know make the, the people who have this like fuzzy data that's around them and 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 we can start to progressively profile them to give them better experiences before they even sign up for a trial or, or I, I guess i jumped all the way to the their yeah, yeah. no but it's like it's but then we get them into that trial because like you know a year ago we were treating every single trial the exact same and we're like you know we need to get we need to start understanding these different motivations and intent and and uh, and stage of a business and maturity and all of these types of things to be able to to help people even like if someone coming in switching from work using Word and Excel, which is the great majority of the, the small business market today, they're still going to have like workflows and ways that they do stuff and the ways that they're proud of the of how they work that we need to kind of take them on our, our journey with well, them, ways with they us. understand stuff too. you talking about the confusion of trying to use a new platform. Totally. Yeah, you, and all and all of that, it, it's like like marketing now is incredibly complex, and having being able to power that requires such a such more of an investment in in great tools and technology and 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 data and data scientists and 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 having people that are like hyper focused on growth and experiments, but but all of these things have to like dial then into into that that kind of customer mindset and and psyche, so that you know what these motivating motivating factors are for them. So so this is where I think the instead of focusing on on brand and and making sure that we're super rigid with our inputs what i want to do is have everybody focusing on like massive amounts of experimentation and trying different things without the rigidity of of these constraints because in my years of marketing the one thing that i'll tell you i'm going to i'm i'm going to be right with is that i'm going to be wrong it's like the messaging that i think is going to be is going to hunt well like if we're like hey let's put up two facebook ads that one's going to be the best and it's like nope when i was oh, at yeah. shutterstock we had one ad it was a book on a desk we could throw all of the awesome imagery that we had up in, up in all of our ads, make videos and all this kind of stuff. We had this one ad that was a book on a desk that drove the most booking revenue for our enterprise team. We had no idea why people internally hated the ad, but yeah. they're like, they're like, Paul, you got to get rid of that ad. It's horrible. I'm like, you're right. But it drives, it drives. I've advised clients on marketing. We've Crazy. looked at campaigns and said, this campaign's so old and stupid. It's, totally crapped out and yet it drives a lot of signups and, and leads yep. still and yeah you can't i've advised yep. clients on their email campaigns before and in, in the past and then they bombed and then we just said well let's run their their original concept that we told yeah. them was terrible <laughs> and then it was really successful and just like never mind yeah. i'm never <laughs> suggesting anything again you have no idea so yeah. what you have this this brand doesn't matter yeah. um concept where did that come from for you? I see you jump from startup to big company, startup to big company. Um, are these startups funded or bootstrapped? I guess would be a, maybe a good lead into it. Some, some funded, some bootstrapped. I think the biggest, the biggest um, moment for me came from after I left the, the wireless space and we were spending gobs and gobs of money trying to get kids to buy cell phones, uh, which, and we were successful at it. And, and then when we entered into kind of- They were going to buy phones anyway. Kids well, kind of sure. want them. <laughs> uh, according, according to, to my bonuses, I was successful yeah. at it. So, so we hit our, we hit our targets, right. Um, 
so then, then, you know, I think as we went through the social era, what that really taught me was that um, you can really start to target people a lot better and be a lot smarter than what we're doing. And, and as marketers, we just weren't taking advantage of everything. And we were just letting, letting the next great ad tech company come into play, play to, to help us out. And so I think that, that what, where, where I've just kind of took that and, and where I'm trying to move it is to, to just be really smart with what we're doing, really, really pragmatic with our spend, um, focus it and do lots of, lots of different things to see what's actually going to hunt the best. And, and, and that's the things that marketers need to do today. The boots on the ground, actual work marketing. Yeah. And, and the one thing that I've always kind of kept, kept close with is tools. So it's like, you know, I, I love having access to Salesforce or go into our Facebook ads and poke around and see what's actually working. And so one thing I've, I've liked to do, much to the, the, the dismay of some people on my team, is, is to go inside of things and look at how stuff works and, and to stay inquisitive about what's the, the, the next thing that I should be looking at. And that's what I think everybody needs to do. And just because they have a playbook doesn't mean that playbook is the right one for the next place they're at. You've mentioned many times marketers are lazy. This doesn't sound like a lazy activity, Paul. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, awesome. It's been great having you on the show. If I see FreshBooks um, commercial in the next Super Bowl, I'm going to be very disappointed with you, Paul. <laughs> All We're you excited can... for you. I don't know which one. Yeah, I better can, get a ticket. Uh, email, mail yeah, go. Absolutely, I, I will. I'll make sure of it. Or you can make sure you bring you bring me on to explain myself, and then yeah. I'll have to then I'll have to take you to the next one. It's, it's a safe <laughs> bet. You could give me a ticket if you go, because you know your your company yeah. isn't going to uh, throw money at that kind of a thing. All good. Um, excellent. Thank you for coming on. Let me see. People can find you where we have freshbooks.com, of course. At freshbooks yep. is your guys' Twitter. Um, yep. your, and we'll put this all in the show notes as well. Um, but your Twitter, uh, Cowan PKC. You got it. Uh, what's the PKC for there? Uh, uh, it, it was just a nickname all through all through university and stuff. I think I, I activated my Twitter account right after university. So that, that's why. Okay. We won't make you say what the nickname was. The university yeah. nickname probably should be good. said all out good. loud by a CMO. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then... Um, Let's see. Yeah, you can find that the show notes on ifyoumarket.com. We'll have all this information. And uh, thank you for sharing us with friends, for put, saying nice things about us on social, giving us reviews, all those kind of things. On behalf of the If You Market team and Paul Cowan of FreshBooks, uh, thank you for listening to the If You Market podcast as well, uh, where we believe if you market the shit out of it with what should we market the shit? I don't even know what this one without brand. <laughs> if you market the shit out of it and ignore brand, uh, they will come. Yep. I don't know if ignore is the right word there, but that'll do.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.